Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Fitness, where we talk about fitness and stuff. We have a great episode today, a good friend of ours is a family episode, one of my best friends in the world, Eric Weiss. Our welcome best friend. Wow. Our best friend. Heck. Heck. I mean, I, well, I'm, taking, I'm taking ownership Eric of this. Eric Weiss is <laughs> building. This is, we're all, this is, this is a wonderful show. So, welcome, uh, welcome Eric Weiss. What do you, uh, what do you got to say for yourself? Alright, well thanks for having me on the show guys, love you guys have done with the place, I think when we, uh... First turned the mics on, we were in a small room on the other side, and there was someone running on the treadmill in the other room, and we had we were sitting there with, like, earbuds, trying to interview a trainer, and... So, so let's uh, back up a second, <laughs> start from the beginning here. So, okay. basically, Blue Collar Fitness started out with just the two of you, Eric and Josh, correct? That was the premise, that was the idea? Yeah, I don't know okay. how we came up with the name, but I, Josh came to me and said, we gotta start recording what we say, we gotta write some stuff down... Not only to just you know pursue the dream of making a name for yourself in this fitness space, but more importantly, uh, there's a lot of knowledge that you gain just letting yourself talk it out and talk through issues you come across, especially in fitness. You know, a lot of different clients come across, and uh, you learn a lot of life goals and you learn a lot of things through the experiences you have and being able to share it. So that was kind of our first idea. Um, I don't remember how we came up with the name exactly. I think I think we were studying for the CPPS. That's right. So it was a summer. Uh, I think it was summertime, wasn't it? Or it could be, when we, no, 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 it wasn't, because we took that thing in March. So it must have been like your winter break, because you weren't in school. And we were getting ready for the certified physical preparation specialist by uh, Joe DeFranco and right. Jim Smith. Shout out to Joe DeFranco, Jim Smith. <laughs> those, guys, those guys are the best. Um, highly recommend taking their cert. But uh, we're sitting there and we're having like these conversations like in depth about strength and conditioning and fitness. I'm like, wait a second, like, we could we could help other trainers so much if we would record this and put it on a podcast. I mean, I'm not saying we know a lot, but I think we know, we've, <laughs> we've put ourselves in a position where we, we, we know uh, other people that know more than we do, and uh, opening up doors for other people that are, that are just like us is something we, we value. And I know the whole name of Blue Collar Fitness uh, came about, I mean, you look at the group that's sitting at the table right now, a lot of people just been through all sorts of different struggles and have kind of learned to make their regimen their own. But in doing so, you realize that fitness is not some glamorous, you know, you show up, you work out and, you know, you get your paycheck. It's, it's a lot of long hours. Josh is saying, you know, he wakes up four o'clock in the morning every day. Uh, you know, over the years that Trev, Josh and myself were on the team. Uh, I can't say that that was like a football team, but I will say this, you, you start to appreciate what work ethic goes into. Uh, developing a mindset, so and that's the cheer team, right? That was the cheer team. Or professional stuntman. Eric, uh, senior year, made captain. I flatter myself. Uh, no, yeah, and then, uh, and then I went. Pro. Options were slim. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just like being a professional athlete, minus the fame, money, and glory. But uh, but, but the leadership yeah. role. I mean, yeah, you learn a little bit. Was was there a lesson you, you learned being the captain? Yeah, I'm getting closer to the mic. I'm <laughs> making love to the mic. So, like, was there a big lesson you learned during that time when you were when you were a captain? Yeah, 
respect is earned, not given. You can get everyone a title, but until you really uh, command attention in the room and have prove yourself, you know, you show up every day to practice and you, you try your heart out out there, uh, I don't think people are really going to give you the attention that you were so craving. I know a lot of kids uh, in a lot of sports teams say, oh, that one, once I make captain, then uh, it'll be smooth sailing from there. But the reality is until you uh, earn that respect and put the hours in, uh, I don't think you're going to see the results you really wanted. How do you think the transition was uh, the Trailblazers? You can see that at every level. Like, you went from captain, and next thing you know, you're a rookie. Like, oh, where do I go? You know, like, every time you get a little better and you go to the next level, you become a noob again. Man, we're really talking like I went through, like, AAA, AA, you know, <laughs> baseball here. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really see it as this uh, – really stressful uh, opportunity because the reality is most of the kids on that team were kids I had been on the team with before. Um, I will say this, I wasn't too into basketball, so I'm pretty thankful that Cheer gave me uh, new insight to uh, basketball itself. While I grew up in Boston and I rooted for the Celtics through, uh, through high school, I think I'm uh, a little bit more of a, a Rip City guy now. So Go Blazers. Go Blazers. Rip titties. Rip, rip titty. <laughs> That's good. So one of the things, uh, Eric, that impressed me with your development. I mean, like, I when I met you, you were like, uh, you, okay, so you were rowing on the Oregon State rowing team, and then you just walked in and we're pretty dang good at cheerleading like the first day. But you, in terms of life, um, you were figuring things out. You were figuring things out a little bit. Mm. It was it was great to see your development because your senior year, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start training at next at uh, not next level. I'm start training Snap. at uh, Snap Fitness. And then next thing I know, like two months later, you're running the place. And then two months later, you're running three of them. And then you got like all these clients. I'm like, wait a second. How did you go from, you know, this, this kid that I knew that's trying to figure everything out to running three stat fitnesses, clients out the hoo-ha, like, let's go. It's funny you asked me that question, Josh, because I think back to the, the progression that we took between going door-to-door to gyms, getting turned down a lot of places. I mean, I didn't, I didn't study exercise phys. I only had a marketing degree almost completed, so all I really had was an attitude to bring to the door. But, Josh, you were actually the one that convinced me to take that uh, kinetic integration certification with Guido at Oregon State. Uh, we took that. That kind of got the ball rolling there. From there, we took, uh, I believe it was the ACSM certification, and then you said, look, you got to get insurance. And then we started going door-to-door. And it wasn't until I had an opportunity at Snap Fitness, just you know, small gym Corvallis, that uh, I really enjoyed it. And to this day, I believe that everyone should really practice a great craft and have a lot of a lot of responsibility for not only taking time in your main focus and your main like pursuit, but also take time outside of that. So fitness was always like a craft for me. And once we got involved in Snap, you start to develop some clients and. Over time, uh, I think I, I was just in the right, right place at the right time, and you know, you made it sound like you know, two months, two months, but I, I was only a trainer for probably six months, and then I was a fitness manager for a while, and then I was kind of in the right spot. One of the managers left, and uh, they met, let a, cu- a couple people go, and I, I kind of just stepped into a role there. Uh, but I don't know who said it first, but you know, luck is when your preparation meets your opportunity. So. While it may seem like their work ethic was there, while I did grind it out and I put a lot of hours in, I think it's really important to shed light on the fact that I had just prepared, I had gotten the insurance, I had gotten the training certifications, I had spent time around a lot of other people that pursue you know, exercise sports science as a career now, and 
having all that experience and having a lot of that knowledge uh, around me kind of just gave you that opportunity. You just primed, primed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Something uh, that really, really like, really just hit me in the face when I met Eric is uh, his, his personality is just, it's awesome. And like his storytelling is incredible. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, it was like the first, it was, uh, what was it, like the first time in practice, it was like my, art Josh Josh and I's uh, second year, and this, this guy walks in with his Boston accent, and he's just, <laughs> dude, this kid is hilarious. And he's just like, I don't really know what's going on, man. And he's just like kind of like jumping into whatever, and but he's like, he's killing it. And we're just like, this dude's dope. And then we, we uh, started like cool. working out with you, and we're like, okay, this kid's strong too. And we're like, we're like okay, we're going to be friends. Like this is this is it. And, right. and and I remember, we won't talk about too much, but partying with you and shit. Oh my god, this kid's an animal. Work hard, party hard. Yeah, this kid's yeah, a he was, an uh, animal. He was a Still am. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let, let me add to that. He was a uh, the frat royalty. Frat royalty. Frat king. I'm about frat uh, yeah. king. I, 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 frat prince. The, the whole fraternity thing, uh, if, if you're listening right now and you're about to go into college, really important with the whole fraternity thing, it, you don't have to just join a fraternity. I think it's a lot more important to find a group of people that you connect with and can really jive with. And so for me, uh, you know, I would never change the thing if I could do it again, but I'll say this, I, I'm probably a lot closer with the people that I was on the team with and kind of mm-hmm. went through a struggle with. Uh, you know, Greek life had its own struggles. Uh, eventually, you know, you, you learn how to politic and market yourself to get onto. You know, used to call it royalty, like the executive board. Yeah. Spent some time there. Um, but I definitely learned a lot of lessons about dealing with people and uh, uh, getting yourself involved in a group and, you know, showing your stuff. But I can't uh, I can't deny we were great friends and still are, and I think we always will be yeah, for right. a long time. So well, yeah. dude, You were there for me, like, when I uh, did my last competition in 2015, so like five years ago. Um, where was you, that? Was you, that Seven Feathers? Or? The Seven Feathers Classic yeah, over at the Seven yeah. Feathers uh, Casino. You, you, Josh, and Tito came down and supported me. Was Trev there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was that there. was a great time. Yeah. My dude, I, I, I remember, I remember Thanks. eating a jackload of food with you after. Dude. The, yeah. We the just like looked was, at each other and we're just like, yeah, let's keep on eating. Bro, I had waffle, chicken waffles. Anyhow, dude, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a and, long time ago. Hey. I'm doing a contest next year. And, um, Can't wait to be there. Shoot hey, me the It's going to be lit. Colin, you're looking like you're living large at the moment. Quick, quick change of subject. How big are you now? Whoa. Tell me when to stop. Tell what? me when to do. <laughs> notice notice how I'm suddenly paying attention. <laughs> a lot of girls ask me that. No. <laughs> so um, right now I'm, I'm sitting at about 218. <laughs> 218 pounds and um, in kilos. I do not know what that is. Eric, are you... <laughs> Show just got really awkward. Not on the subject of I'm gonna uh, Connor's unit, but as terms of fitness regimen, what's your current goal now? So you did that one show when you were a little, little younger. I know Josh has always done mm-hmm. shows as well. Is Josh one that got you into doing shows and kind of competing? You know, uh, Josh inspired me to get back onto a, um, a good program for hypertrophy, so building muscle and... Uh, the goal is still to build muscle. I cut down for a photo shoot two weeks ago. Now the goal is to build muscle in areas that I need for this competition. Mm-hmm. So there's some high intensity programs. Um, is it classic? Classic physique. So I gotta okay. bulk up now until January, and then start cutting in January. So, guys, 
Connor was like 220 and jacked, training like a fitness hippie and eating lentils. Like, what the fuck just happened? That's a way to put it. He's, That's a way to he, put it. You were not training like a bodybuilder at all. You're doing like functional fitness, borderline true. physical therapy, it's like yeah, yeah. performance stuff. For like, not even like two years, you were doing like movement quality work, which is I have nothing from against like 18 it. through 20, literally, like 2018 through 2020. Right, right, and he still had a better physique than like 98 percent, 99.9 percent of the population. <laughs> so it was like Connor you need to eat some dang food train like a bodybuilder again and see what happens and this is what happens he's massive he's he's a big boy now just goes to show you you know like focusing on uh, what you eat and how much protein you eat and what kind of training you're doing is, is great and like hey like blue car fitness are all about hard work but if, if you're working in the wrong if you're working hard in the wrong direction mm-hmm. and Josh thanks for pushing me in the right direction I'm on the right path killing it means a lot. Um, just got to work hard and have, have a good group of people around you. So I'm very thankful for this, uh, this group of, group of uh, knowledgeable dudes. Speaking of programs, uh, Mr. Weiss, what, what, are you, uh, what are you running right now? Are you, uh, are you doing you, – you, we were talking a little bit on the, on the car ride over here, and he's saying a little bit of a, a full, body, full body workout. Yeah, so I guess for a long time you could argue that through – High school, it was you do chest Monday, you do your back Tuesday, you do your legs Wednesday, and then you rest. And then if you have the mojo, you, you run it again, the second part. So doing a split was the, I guess, the original uh, impetus behind growth. But I got to admit, uh, if you are struggling to find that time to go six times a week or you maybe want to cut down on the actual duration of the workout, I would highly recommend just looking into a full body, uh, full body regime where every single day you're, you're sending an anabolic signal to each muscle group. Uh, I must say though, I I went full body and then I went to split. I went back and forth. Right now, I'm just trying out a couple different things. I'm spending a little bit more time stretching. I find I feel a little bit better during the day. Uh, while I work a quote unquote desk job, I do stand all day. So taking the opportunity to do stretches during the day just to make sure I'm uh, avoiding that kyphotic posture is a huge, huge, uh, huge layout for me. And I know that as far as mental stamina goes, that's another big element. Uh, another thing I'm doing in my regime now is um, trying to eat a little less. I guess I've, I've always been known as a kid who would eat a lot of food. No! We get into our, our eating challenges. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I mean, I remember days on the cheer team, me and JoJo just taking down. We, we used to race through an entire uh, chicken. I think the, the running record is like eight minutes for a, for a, chi- for a whole chicken there, um, right out the bag. But the, these days, I'm just, you know, I eat till I'm satisfied, not necessarily uh, overly full, so it's definitely it's definitely a challenge at times because I have this this idea in my mind that I always eat so much, always eat so much, but uh, not getting complacent with my with my regime and just staying focused on the task at hand and not letting myself get carried away um, with too much exercise or too much food has actually been uh, more of my goal now. You got any uh, any uh, endurance things planned? This guy is is an endurance freak, and he pulls it out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> He's just like, hey, I'm just gonna you know ride across the whole country on a bike. Excuse uh, me, what? Summer sixteen. Ca- casual. Casually. Uh, well, I I hope that one day to be able to do that um, on my own and kind of have it supported. That one trip we did do that was like a, it was a community service. That was through the fraternity. Another great opportunity I had with them. I would be down to join. 
you we should do it man if we if we get a bike and uh, you put some money money up front you you know how to change a tire on the run and get some saddlebags to carry your stuff and then camping across the country if we can find the time they'd be a lot of fun and in, in the back of my mind I have, I have some races that I'd love to check out uh, the delirious west in Australia uh, if you're familiar with the map uh, basically it goes from Perth down to Albany which is essentially the west coast of Australia uh, that that takes place the the cutoff is 108 hours and you'll run 200 miles over the course of four or five days and that's the kind of race wait that running you're running yeah running. It's, a, it's a running race yeah. Uh, Damn. yeah 200 200 miles I, th- I think that'd be a really cool opportunity so maybe one day getting out to Australia and trying that uh, not just you know the 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 clout comes later and I don't I don't think that's a reason to run I think when you push yourself to a limit beyond what you thought you could do, you'll learn a little bit something about yourself. And that's really what got me into endurance. You know, if I can do this, you know, the next time I'm knocked down, the next time I have a hard day, next time I'm struggling or stressed, it's like, hey, man, I did that. Like, I, I can get through anything. So that was kind of my You did an ultra, mindset. right? I did not do an ultra. I was planned for the Mountain Lakes 100. Uh, shout out Go Beyond Racing. Really awesome guys. Uh, they, they, they put on great races and a really, really amazing community if you live out in Oregon and Pacific Northwest. But uh, I had done the Mount Hood 50. That was Mount Hood. That was uh, July, uh, about a year and a half ago. That was 50 miles. Really good opportunity. I was ready to do the 100 and then I kind of took an opportunity on the East Coast and uh, I kind of had to drop it there. But you know, I will say this: if I if I learned anything from Guitar Hero, you're only as good as your last gig, which sucked. <laughs> so I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done it for some time, but I, I would like to get back into it, start running a little bit more, and uh, and uh, unleash the beast once again. So. You see what I mean about personality? This kid is. Yeah. is so this is this is a great segue here because um, you know your goal, from what I heard most of your senior year was you were going into fitness then you got into this sales competition and that led to the opportunity you're in currently tell us about that yeah well you know i was you know i was doing snap we had done the training a lot of opportunity came about there and then at this point i'm looking at my options we started doing the podcast a little bit and i said hey let's maybe go up to portland take a look at you know going to a gym up there but uh you know i missed home I, I left Boston. I left my whole family on the East Coast when I, when I left high school. And so from that moment, I kind of missed them. And then the, the sales opportunity comes up. Had a couple of teachers that really inspired me to say, you know, while you may love fitness and that may be your passion, you do, you, you, you do have a bit of a gift when it comes to, you know, maybe whether it be negotiating or just having a conversation with someone. And I said, you know, I'm young, so I might as well swing the bat in one direction. So I had done the fitness the fitness opportunity. So after that sales competition, another opportunity came up for me on the East Coast, and I, I, I didn't hesitate. I found it was a really good way to get home, see my family, and, and try something new. And if I fail, I fail, and that's fine. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm very blessed. I get to I get to work from home, and I'm learning a lot about the sales process, and I'm meeting a lot of amazing people in the space. Uh, I, I haven't totally given up fitness. I still you know write programs for people on the side. Uh, that great app trainer food that we used that's yeah. been a really good opportunity for me as well. Uh, but overall. It was very, very difficult to step out of that fitness space. I think there was several months there that mentally I said, am I doing the right thing? Am I worried? Um, a couple sayings that will help me through it. If I could share, it's, uh, you know, leap and the net will appear. I'm sure you've heard that one. Um, but over time, it becomes it becomes a sense of value. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, me selling pipes, selling sinks, you know, given homeowners, you know, whatever kitchen or bathroom they want. 
I'm not saying that's not fulfilling, but it is different than the fitness space. I'm sure you guys can all agree, you know, the day you really get hooked on personal training is the day a client comes to you and says, hey, you really changed my life. You really did a lot of things for me, and uh, I thank you for that. So while that doesn't happen, I found my own sense of purpose on a team. I love my managers. I love everyone I work with, and uh, it feels really good to go from the new guy in the room to someone that other sales associates are coming to. Hey, man, can you show me how to do this? Can you show me how you, how you did that? Um, so having found that and having pursued maybe another goal uh, definitely has helped me be very confident in my decision that I made. Uh, and I still work out. I, I, I still believe in the craft. Uh, can't, can't stop lifting weights. But, uh, yeah. So tell us, you kind of brushed over the sales competition. I really want to get into the sales and, and have you talk about what you've learned about sales. Because at the end of the day, coming out of university, we have a lot of great kinesiologists working at Starbucks. Mm. Um, what can you give the young generation of kinesiologists? What 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 tips? What keys? What uh, you know? Really key nuggets can you give? Because you had a marketing degree, and I believe that helped you along with your natural your natural ability. That's why you excelled in the fitness space so quickly. And you know, a, a good friend of ours, Borche. Mm. Marketing degree, great natural salesman, blew up the uh, the the fitness space very quickly without right, a kinesiology degree. Right. Um, and I know a lot of great kinesiologists who know the anatomy, they know the physiology, they know programming, but they don't have the they don't have the skills to make the money in the private sector. So can you can you expand on that? Can you talk about that for a little bit? Well, there's definitely two points I want to make here. One is you look at it. You think about your stereotypical salesperson, you think, wow, they're going to be slick, they're probably going to be good looking, you know, they're good on their feet, and they're really smooth with their words. And I've come to learn that the, the best salespeople, they're really the people that just know their craft, and they know a lot. So having a kinesiology background and knowing a lot about the anatomy and how things work and the biomechanics of exercises is a huge building block. So getting your education first is, first and foremost, the best way to become an effective trainer. And then on the sales piece, you, you need to be able to effectively communicate your value to a customer. And that doesn't just mean, look how good I am. It's explaining to them the tools that you can show them so that they can achieve their goals. I'll give an example here. I took a good sales class. Uh, I think it was my senior year. And I, at the time, was working in the gym. And the teacher had asked me, you know, what, what, what do you do to sell? And I say, well, they come in the gym. I give them a tour. I show them what we have. Um, then at the end, you kind of put together a little program for them that they can see with their own eyes. Uh, I would definitely recommend doing that. You know, make something right in front of them. Show them what you have. Uh, if you're a truly great trainer, you should be able to take, you know, 20 minutes and maybe put together a little bit of something that can maybe spark their interest. But at the end, she told me, she said, you know what? You told me all the features of your gym. Every gym has a treadmill. Every gym has a rack of weights. You know, every gym has trainers. But you need to express the benefits of what you're doing. So you need to ask the customer, or I'm sorry, the client in this case, you need to ask them, you know, what are you really, what are your goals? What are you trying to do with your goals? Let's say, you know, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? So I can be healthier. Why do you want to be healthier? You know, so I can live a long time, be around my kids, have a lot of time with my family. So once you have that piece of information, everything you go from there, every time you introduce a new piece of equipment, you got to bring that back to why are they healthy. You can't just sell a treadmill. It's like, why is my gym, why is my training regimen, why is my treadmill the treadmill for you? And that's how you got to introduce the benefits of that. Uh, so that would be a huge take-home for me. And ever since I had that conversation with the teacher, I mean, we, we took off in sales. I think we, you know, Corvallis Crossing and Sunset, we were doing 
Uh, we were probably probably pushing about 30 to 40 a month, um, just in like gross. And I think we took it over like 60 within the course of three months. You know, we brought in a couple of new trainers and I kind of had the talk with them. I said, look, you might not know the most about training, but if you can be personable and you can really relate and give every single person that walks in that door the time of day and express the benefits, not the features, we will really make a difference around. And next thing you know, you got two clients signing up with the new kid who just started and that people are taking note of how much work that guy's putting in. Blue collar fitness example right there, you know, kids showing up, not just to clock in, but being there because they really care about the clients. That's a, that's a really, really valuable asset that you can have as a trainer. Um, so again, know your information, build a building block so your experience and you can bring that to the table. And then when it's time to present that information, don't just spew out the facts, don't just give them the features, you gotta give them the benefits. How does that help the customer? So that would be how I would. Uh, a, a, big, a big one that you, you kept on saying was the why. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of trainers don't address the why. It's just like, hey, this is this is what this is what I can do for you. This is what I got. Like, this is all I have, and like, I'm gonna write a program for you. It's like, it's not personable. Mm-hmm. You need to ask that person, like, but why do you want to do this? Like, why do you like? You got to get to the heart of it because then they're gonna see that you actually care. Mm-hmm. And that and that's if if you don't care, this isn't the profession for you. Mm-hmm. And another another thing that you did touch on too was the. Uh, the like having faith in your in your craft like or having Absolutely. faith in your in the knowledge that you you studied you studied for four years for this for this degree and you're working some sales job at like gnc or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just like i don't think that's where you're meant to be because you, you just don't have that faith in in that knowledge in in everything that you studied you don't have you need to you need to get that that confidence you like you need that confidence booster and I feel like one of the best ways to do that is just to talk about your craft with people that you like, you know, mm-hmm. and just like in, in a in a situation like this, like just talk about like people with similar goals, similar mindsets, and and that will improve your your knowledge and your your confidence in that in that uh, in that niche. Mm-hmm. What yeah, one one thing that's really important too is when you're working with another athlete, it's really easy to have that mentality and, and to have that rapport and build it. When you're working with someone older who is sedentary, you know all these different things. It's harder. One thing that I would recommend as a trainer is be aware of the room, be aware of the person, because the person has low self-esteem. They are talking to themselves with the, the harshest voice in the world every time they pass a mirror. And something that doesn't seem big to you is, hey, go ahead and take your shirt off, stand against this wall so I can take a picture of you. This first thing mm-hmm. could be so humiliating to a guy who is uh, 50 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. So doing that in, in privacy and just having that thing of understanding their fears has always uh, is a good way to help a new trainer understand. The other thing is that when these people come in who do have the sedentary lifestyles, um, they feel like they're alone. So a successful trainer can become a partner when they let the person know, hey, you're gonna go through this, but you're not gonna be alone, and I'm gonna go with you every step of the way. And this is what we're gonna do, and this is the outcome that I want, because I want you to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And when they feel that, I I think everything I'm saying, you're like just acknowledging, so you understand this, and this is a, that's why you're so successful in sales. Yeah, that's definitely an acquired taste too. I sometimes found it hard you know you take a new guy in the room new trainer maybe he's been doing it five six months and you try and explain to them that not every client's going to going to be the same it's going to be a completely different experience every single time and when someone walks in the room 
you can't nest, you have to hear them you have to understand them but you really have to try your best to put yourself uh, in their shoes and it, it is just what it is it's it's personal you get to know a lot about their lives and uh, it's 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 the utmost value when it comes to problem solving you're taking a look at the puzzle that is someone's regimen their life their diet and you're saying what pieces do we move how do we put it together and it's not always so black and white and uh, you know I can really I can really appreciate uh, any seasoned trainer that I mean you every time you ask them a question they go well it depends and I think that's that's the golden rule right there because it always is going to depend so does it you know we can sit here all day talk you know you sell your benefits not your features but the benefits are always going to be different for client to client so it's a really awesome point I feel like one point that, that you like, explain with uh, with talking about benefits is like you're talking about like bringing the person like the the client into the, the gym and like talking about the futures and then you explain how talking about the benefits it seems like a big a big piece of that that I found is like being an active listener mm. it's like you did that like you did that with sales like would that be a big lesson that you learned or did you always um, have the act, active listening skill I gotta be honest. I am. I'm. I don't consider myself a very good listener. It's something I'm really working on. I've heard the <laughs> saying, you, "You have two ears and one mouth, so you're supposed to listen twice as much." I personally think I talk way too much. We used to call it <laughs> word vomit in the uh, in, in sales pit, where uh, customer says, "I got a broken whatever," and the first thing you want to say is, "Oh, I got this and I got that. I'll solve your problem. You know, I'll do this and that for you." You know, I'll give you an Phoenix example. Client walks in. I want to lose weight. I want to get stronger. Oh, you got to do this, 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 this. Word vomit. Stay relaxed and proceed to understand. Customer comes in, they say, I want to lose weight. Has that been an issue for you in the past? Have you tried other things? You want them to be doing the majority of the talking. And then it's on the trainer to be listening critically to pick out keywords like, oh, you know, I tried mm -hmm. keto or I went to Orange Theory for a while and I got hurt. You need to be able to understand Classic. the shoes that they've been in and how maybe the benefits you offer can help them move on. So. While it's something I'm personally working on, everyone can be a better listener. Uh, something I, you know, I'm very, very thankful for my girlfriend. She, she's an amazing listener, which is good because again, I think I talk too much. But uh, that's a great quality that I think we've swapped, and I think she's been able to, uh, you know, put up with my my word vomit at the end of the end of the day. So, uh, surround yourself with people that not only listen very well but talk a lot, so that mm -hmm. you can practice your listening and talking skills gotcha and I feel like that, that pays off when you're doing the, the consultation with your client mm -hmm. or a potential client um, prospective prospective client and you, you got to listen and be an active listener but also like in the end it's gonna help you explain the benefits of the gym like because you're, you're listening to to them and you're gonna explain how, how it's gonna help them okay we're gonna do this um, why because it's gonna basically you're helping build that that buy-in that emotional buy-in which is mm -hmm. huge with a new person coming to the gym and it makes them more comfortable and it's yeah. huge and I feel like that's helped you kill it with sales, man. So, I, I can't. I can't say I, I was that good, but I think if He's you could so, try you're hard, so humble. You're you, so humble. Too humble. Wait, hold when on. When I first started, I was terrible. <laughs> there, were, there were so many people I had walk out the door because I was either too afraid to ask mm -hmm. for the sale, which is another critical moment. At, at the end, at the end of the pitch, you have to ask for the sale. You I know, know that is. You're afraid to ask for the sale. That happens, or. If you're not confident enough in your ability, that, that'll shine through. I mean, if you guys do you guys have any stories to just where you think back and you say, man, I really probably could have gotten them to buy personal training, but I... I've heard a lot yeah. of, um, I'm going to think about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Give me your pocketbook. Yeah, makes sense. Do you follow up? The classic brush up. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, follow, follow up. It, there's, a, there's a lot in the follow up. Of course. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, 
and in a lot of my business ventures, it's just like it's it's in the follow up. You just got to keep on calling people until they literally say, "Please fuck off, kindly." <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tough way to play it, but sometimes you're right. But, but it's really, the, uh, perseverance that that gets it done. Now, one thing I will say that that turned me off of uh, some parts of the fitness industry was if you worked for. I don't want to use a derogatory term, but say bean counters, people that really only care about that bottom line, you might find yourself tempted to just want to make sale, make sale, make sale. You're not really looking for what that person needs. So finding that balance is really important uh, and knowing exactly what the customer needs. And, and, and sometimes understanding that a client has been with you for long enough, they might actually might not need to train with you as much and just say, hey, I'll, you know, I'll keep writing programs for you and we can adjust accordingly. And something like that, while it might not bring your bottom up bottom line up the next month, that might be someone that keeps coming back and then speaks your praise to two other people that then join the next week. So uh, everything you do has value and every single person you talk to, every single person that walks in that gym uh, can be a potential string of clients yet to come. So, uh, yeah. How did you, uh, how'd you like that program that I sent you? It's actually a base template for a program that's gonna be coming out called Total Transformation uh, by Blue Collar Fitness. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're, you're a beta tester. What it, What'd you think? If it, hey, if it actually sucked, don't tell us. Well, I guess you, you could premise that by saying it, it was coming uh, hot off the press coronavirus. You know, uh, if you can't go to the gym for a long time, finally get the opportunity. Uh, I think in a, in a pitch black room, the smallest amount of light will make a pretty big difference. Uh, that being said, it wasn't too much. I think it was perfect for anyone looking to just put on size, boost metabolism, build some muscle. I, uh, I found it a little bit a little bit difficult to attack the uh, max reps approach. Uh, maybe I wouldn't recommend it to a beginner because the idea of failure or having your nervous system primed for that level of volume is not something that you just walk into the gym with. That's something that has to be tampered with and you have to be well not like well nourished and you have to have the grit to get through that. So potentially two different versions of that program could work best. I know it tells you to stop three reps before failure, but if you don't really have the mental fortitude to make something like that happen, that could be a really difficult place to come from. Otherwise, I hadn't trained calves for a long time, so that was nice to uh, to wake them up. I think my body was like, what, what's going on up there? What, what, what do we think? Turn those calves into cows. Bulls, rather. Yeah, but uh, Josh, it was a great program. I do enjoy it. And uh, Trev was telling me, it was called the Mad Dog Program, Dirty Dog Program. Oh, that's a, that's a different Different program. different program, yeah, not not the one that he sent you, but yeah, the the there's a program that uh, that he turned me on to, uh, the Mountain Dog program. Mountain Dog. Yeah, right. that that thing is wild, and and that's the one I was saying. I a lot of my, I, I can't I can't recover uh, yeah, properly yeah. because of my my schedule right now, and it's just like it it, it doesn't. It's it's a very uh, it's a it's a high volume high how, volume. How many days a week? Uh, six days a week. Did you utilize EAAs and cluster dextrin intro workout? No. What is that? Please, okay. please enlighten me. So if you're going to be doing workouts 60 minutes or over with high intensity or high frequency or high volume or all three, um, it's very advantageous to include some intro workout nutrition. Now, a lot of people are familiar with branch chain amino acids. Um, that's just a small portion of the essential amino acids. I would not recommend sipping on whey protein while you work out. That might cause some GI distress. Also, it's going to pull uh, blood into your gut, right? 
Not we want, fun. We want the blood in your extremities, in your muscles, okay? Not in your gut. Essential amino acids are basically already digested, right? Uh, they're broken down into the free amino form. So your body can basically take that essential amino acid supplement and put it right back into your muscle. Think of, uh, think of your work, basically, a lot of people think of themselves as building muscle while they're working out, right? You're breaking muscle down. It's a catabolic activity, you know? You're, you're, just, you're breaking the muscle down the harder you work out. And then you basically, it's you stress, right? So stress that causes a positive adaptation, right? Um, difference between you stress and distress, if I go take my hand and I rub it on the concrete for 30 seconds every day, I'm gonna get a talus, right? If I take my hand and I put it out the window at 65 miles an hour on the freeway on the concrete, I'm gonna have no hand, right? So distress versus eustress, positive stress introduced versus negative stress introduced. So when you work out, it's eustress, positive stress. Now, when you don't have an essential amino acid supplement, basically um, you're, think of yourself as digging a trench that protein synthesis can't keep up with as much as if you were filling, filling the trench in as you dug the trench. That's fair. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Now, when you add in a carbohydrate like clustered dextrin, I can't go in. I can't go in super deep on this because I'm not sure I completely understand it, to be honest. But from what I understand, it doesn't cause a um, necessarily an insulin spike. Mm. Um, but basically it can just be utilized directly back into your glycogen reserves. So as you deplete your glycogen reserves, it's refilling them as you, as you work out. So when you're on these intense training programs, it's highly recommended that you utilize about 10 to 15 grams of essential amino acids as, as well as 30 grams, depending on your size. I'm sold. 15 to 30 grams. Say you're a 200-pound male, 15 grams of essential amino acids, 30 grams of uh, cluster dextrin. Now, Josh, I have a question. So let's say Trev goes into the gym. He's pulling this high volume because I'm sure this happens all the time. Guy starts a new program. It's a ton of volume. They see the size, but they don't necessarily get the sleep. Are these supplements something that you would want to supplement with the extra sleep, or is this something you could do if you weren't getting adequate sleep? I would say getting adequate sleep is like a big rock, mm. and this supplement is maybe a uh, maybe a, the size of two softballs. Like, like okay. it helps, but it's not it's not everything. Right. I, yeah. It 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 can definitely boost your recovery enough where you're able to not be as sore. I've noticed it. Um, since I've been using EAAs with cluster dextrin, mm -hmm. highly branched cluster dextrin, and I don't get as sore, and I can push higher. Can push. Do you go through bulk with that? You can. You can. I would. I would buy bulk, right? I, I through like bulk. Who, who do you go through? So I really like the Mountain Dogs Supplement Company mm. because he uses uh, vegan um, granite. Granite. Yeah, granite supplements. He uses vegan sources for his EAAs. If you go through bulk supplements. It's actually made from human hair that they yeah, pull from the barbershop. Yeah, I remember shop. you saying that. The, it uh, the smells taste. like it too. Taste um, and smells terrible. So I actually do use both, um, and <laughs> I've decided now that it's just worth me spending the extra money <laughs> on 
on the uh, the vegetarian the stuff that tastes good. <laughs> it tastes good and doesn't smell like absolute crud. Like life's too short. <laughs> like okay, if you can only afford one, go with the bulk supplements one, and then pour some Gatorade in there. Okay, or um, what I actually did was I used a uh, it's I think it's called Surge or something supplements. Um, it's basically just an amino acid electro not only amino acid an electrolyte beverage that's flavored with uh, like mango and then it's like sweetened with stevia so you're not getting sucralose in there. Mm-hmm. So you can put in the clus- highly branched cluster dextrin 30 grams and then the 10 to 15 grams of essential amino acids and then you flavor it with the electrolyte supplement. Now, it doesn't taste terrible, but it's just got like that aftertaste and knowing that it's human hair makes me just like, eh, like is this worth it? It's not going to kill you, okay? It just doesn't taste that good. So... Um, I actually found another version of the supplement. It's called Perry MD by True Nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's actually formulated by the Mountain Dog, but not the Mountain Dog's company. So you can get, for $60, you can get 30 servings. And you'd only use it intra-workout. So if you work out four times a week, you're going to use four servings a week, right? Um, if you go through Granite, which is the highest quality, it's going to cost the most, and you'll see he actually has the highest serving, highest um, uh, dose per serving of anyone I've seen on the market for for these supplements. Um, it's twenty servings for sixty dollars. So then you're you're definitely paying a premium there. In my opinion, you, you pay what you get for. Um, the the tr- if you just go bulk supplements though and throw a little bit of Gatorade powder in it, it's going to be good enough. If you want to go buy the 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 you know the cluster dextrin um, bulk supplements as well, and then put some some uh, flavored electrolytes it'll work the same way doesn't taste quite as good would you um would you be interested in uh like i could create a page on a website where we could put like your recommendations for things that's a great idea something like that that's a great idea yeah absolutely and we could put that on the website and hopefully maybe we could get some uh you know so some affiliate links or something (laughs) right now though guys we don't have any any sponsors this page that i put out um, I will give you guys basically, in my opinion, the highest quality supplements at the best price point, and only I'll have essential, and then I'll have basically uh, cool toys on there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff to, stuff to help. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that'd be good because you come up with a lot of these things every week of things that you use, mm-hmm. um, and this way we'll just have well, it all in one. Up with it. We'll have it all in one spot. <laughs> People can go look, um, and you. One thing I found in my experience is you really find good, high-quality stuff. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, Supplements are a business. Most supplement users are uninformed, um, and supplement distributors know this. Um, If you go look up essential amino acid supplements, in my opinion, 8 out of 10 of them are spiked. Um, Basically... It'll be like four grams of taurine, which is super cheap, and then a bunch of BCAAs, and they'll have like two grams of, of the essential amino acids in there, which is not the clinical dose that we see during studies that actually reduce overall, um, well, increase recovery, right? So is it cheaper? Yeah, you can get it for 20 bucks, and then you see the competitor who actually has integrity and does the clinical dose, and you're like, it's $60. Why would I buy the $60 one that has 20 servings when I can pay $25 and get 35 servings? That's fair. Well, because you would need four scoops equal one scoop, but nobody does that. 
It's the same thing as pre-workouts, right? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, C4. Dude, you know how cheap caffeine pills are? Very. <laughs> very, very, very cheap. C4 is basically electrolytes with caffeine, powdered caffeine pills. And then they charge you 20 bucks for it. Now, a lot of these quality pre-workouts that have 10 grams of L-citrulline and you know, a full four gram dose of beta alanine, five grams of creatine monohydrate, full, like full dose pre-workouts. Um, dude, for 20 servings, you're talking 60 bucks because that's how much it costs to put the raw ingredients in there and even make a small margin. Um, but when you compare it to competitors like, you know, C4, dude, there's nothing in C4. Go go buy Kool-Aid and then crush up a caffeine pill and put it in it. You'll feel the same way, right? Now, I'm not saying I haven't used C4. It's cheap. When I was in college, I was no way I could afford it. Like, I just do like three or four scoops of it. It's a pre-workout to get. Now you the only get, thing you're get out doing, Costco. Right, the only thing you're doing is you have to use more and more and more scoops because you get used to the, the caffeine in it. Now, one thing that I've been uh, experimenting with is nootropics. There's a lot of really awesome nootropic workouts out there, ca- or pre-workouts. Caffeine is a nootropic, but it's also a stimulant. You can find nootropics that are not stimulants, so they don't have an effect on your adrenal system, and you can get increased focus. You can get increased cognitive uh, performance. You can get these awesome pumps, you know, not from the nootropic, but from non-stimulant pre-workouts. I would highly encourage you guys, if you've done a month or a full case of a high-stim pre-workout, Go find one without stems in it and give your adrenal system a break. Yeah. Me personally, my pre-workout stack is uh, water and an apple. I've always gone that way. I don't really drink too much coffee. I use coffee more as a tool and a crutch. But I got the question for you, Josh. I know you drink coffee once in a while. I know a lot of people will go the black coffee route as their pre-workout. If someone was, you know, between the two, would you recommend that high-quality pre-workout or coffee? I think the best pre-workout is going to the store and buying food that's going to fuel you during your workout. Okay. That was not the question. So, if you're doing meat. fasted cardio, that's one thing. But if you're going to go do something of any serious intensity or volume, you need to have pre-workout nutrition in your body. Um, I, I preach this to my clients all the time. They ask me what pre-workout, blah, blah, blah. Again, we go back to boulders and pebbles, right? Mm -hmm. Are pre-workouts and good pre-workouts effective? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't eat that morning and you think adding a pre-workout before a 75-minute high-intensity weightlifting session is enough, it's not. You didn't get your bases covered. Right. You need some some carbohydrates and some proteins and maybe some fats to slow down digestion of the carbohydrates. And they need to be things that are easily digested that you can utilize during your workout to, to increase your performance. It's it's insane how many of my clients lately have been feeding into this intermittent fasting thing, and I I like intermittent fasting. I am not opposed to it, but you need to be, in my opinion, if you're training with me, and you train like me at high intensity or high bulk, trying to put muscle on, you need to fuel your body. It's one thing if you ate a nice big dinner. And maybe you still have some glycogen in your system and you chug some coffee and go straight to the gym, right? You, you probably still have enough nutrients if you had a late big dinner. But if it's 10 a.m., the last time you ate was 6 p.m. and it was chicken and broccoli, 
and then you're you're basically fasted and you're trying to There's go nothing in the bench tank. press and squat and 20 minutes into the workout my clients are gassed and they're like oh this is too tough i'm like guys half a cup of cream of rice half a cup of blueberries and a scoop of protein 30 minutes before you show up and then they're like whoa this is so much fun it's amazing dude it's not it's not rocket science <laughs> you put some <laughs> fuel in the gas tank before you came to the gym wow that's fair that's fair mind blown so, you, so apple and, and coffee, huh? That's that's for like a morning workout. What what would you recommend? What would be your ideal? So, do you typically work out in the morning? I I right now work out in the morning. I have my I wake up at four, and I'll have like a fatty breakfast, fat and protein, and then I'll have um, I'll usually go to the gym after I'll have a, a morning session block from about either four thirty or five client, all the way until about ten o'clock, sometimes eleven. And then if I'm lazy, I have a couple rice cakes and a scoop of protein with a little bit of peanut butter. Um, if I prepped it, I'll have either oats or cream of rice with a little bit of PB2 powder and some fruit. And, uh, you know, and maybe a little scoop of, a scoop of protein. You have to make sure it's a protein that's not going to upset your stomach. Um, if I just did straight whey concentrate right before the gym, probably wouldn't fly. Um, I like to use a blend Personally, you just you know, I gotta experiment. You yeah. gotta experiment. Some people, you have have any fat before the workout, and they feel like crud, mm. right? Slow. Me, it takes a long time. Me, to my body. Mm-hmm. Is, is that how you are? Or are you more carbs? I I need a blend because you know I'm ectomorphic in nature, um, so I will blow through the carbohydrates quickly. So if I have a little scoop of peanut butter mixed in with the oats and the berries and the protein, the the lipids and and the, the peanut butter will slow down the digestion mm. of the carbohydrate. Interesting. And then I have more energy for the workout. So, um, yeah. And then post-workout nutrition is important too. Very, very important. You just, um, you know, here, and here's the thing. Um, if we're talking what is optimal versus what is okay, it's not that big a deal. If you are just a general fitness guy, who doesn't really care about putting on maximum muscle if you got done with your workout at three and you drink some water and then you go have dinner at seven big whoop okay you're not going to hit maximum hypertrophy that way though right after your workout um it is good to let your gi calm down you don't want to give yourself leaky gut right um so the drive home sip some water especially if you had your intro workout you you're good for a while you've been sipping on eaa's you could probably wait an hour and a half, but your body's still primed to take in uh, basically recovery nutrients. So perfect post-workout, a couple rice cakes and you know a little bit of peanut butter or protein shake, or you could do cream of rice, you could do oatmeal. Um, basically you want, depending on your size, and you can look up different formulas for this, but based on your muscle mass, you know, typically if you know you're a guy about our size, you know, 30, 40 grams of carbohydrate. If you're a pretty athletic, muscular woman, probably 20, 25, you know, uh, average, you know, gym goer, at least 15, 20 grams of carbohydrate um, right after your workout, along with some protein, replenish the glycogen stores, give your body those amino acids to start repairing, basically that trough that we talked about earlier, right? Um, and here's the thing. How can you perform at a super high level and train six days a week? Well, not by not sleeping and not focusing on nutrition for sure. Mm-hmm. If if you're 
not able to do that, you gotta lower the volume, you gotta lower the frequency. But the cool thing about really focusing on nutrition and timing it just right for you is you can go to the gym more often. And when you can go to the gym more often, that means you can make gains faster mm-hmm. and you can build muscle faster and you put more muscle on. That's a key piece. Josh, are you taking the, um, the cluster dextrin and the EEAs right now? Yes, I have been utilizing that the entire summer. And I've been training six or seven days a week. And that helped you, like, were you doing that during your, uh, your cut for the photo shoot? Yes, yes. Nice. Those are pretty much the only carbs I had. I would have, uh, towards the end there, I would have a quarter cup of uh, blueberries and half a rice cake before the workout but you were only doing that spur of the situation that's not something you could prolong so maybe because you had that unique experience with the photo shoot that's when you cut it back but i think for most people if you're looking to just gain muscle stacking your carbohydrates around your workout would be an adequate way to go about doing that right right if 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 you're in the gym for 30 minutes and out there's no point in using the intro workout Mm -hmm. you you're not going to burn through your glycogen stores if you're doing high intensity training for 45 minutes or if you're doing a high volume high frequency training for an hour hour and a half it's definitely valuable to have intra workout carbs and some eaas if you're the type of dude that just goes and sees his personal trainer for 30 minutes twice a week you're going to be just fine with the turkey sandwich you ate for lunch an hour before the workout and then go have your you know chicken and rice after yeah. it, we're, no, we're no talking to knock yourself out with pre-workout if you're just right it's right it's fun though it's fun <laughs> <laughs> you remember the days Trev, when we before the games you'd like take a little scoop oh, of yeah. c4 like, dude right every time i would take i would take two scoops to the dome. i couldn't handle that we I'm always did that in the early shit. 20s i'm a big caffeine dude the c4 no way man my skin was about to peel off oh yeah i loved it i loved it i still do i still love that shit going back to this to the the cluster dextrin and the eas uh you mentioned granite supplements and trevor your program uh by the mountain dog for people who don't know the Mountain Dog is, he's John Meadows, he's a, an IFBB pro bodybuilder, and he's a CSCS strength coach. So Josh, I understand you just got your uh, your certified strength Ooh. and conditioning special certification. How was that? Thanks, guys. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, Congrats. I guess I kind of underestimated it. I got I got an 80%. I should have, uh, I should have studied a little bit harder. Still passed. But, uh, I mean, 10 points over a pass, I guess. What, 70, 70% fail? 70%, 69 is a fail. Oh, how many, so I thought you I thought number. you told us a statistic of how many, what percentage of people fail the test. I believe, if I'm correct, you guys can check me on this, but I believe it's around, I believe it's over 60% don't mm. pass the first time, so. And our buddy passed it the first hey. time. How, how did you set your mindset going into that test and leading up to it? Because I understand that you were, doing the photo shoot how did you find like the mental energy to uh just get ready for that That's crazy. honestly man um yes I'm <laughs> I, uh, I, did, I did actually utilize a lot of nootropics and caffeine the night before the test and the day of the test um just snorting some c4 but i was doing an hour of cardio every day so i basically turned on my earbuds went into my um my book and then i use utilize that little you know like you scroll down with three fingers and it reads the book to you so i i did that life hack yeah so i would read along while it read to me even though i was brain dead and i got through 
in in the 10 week cut i got through the whole book that way um and then i kind of just like skimmed over the material and took a practice test the night before and went and took it wow um, so you you you're you talked about about uh, nootropics a lot in this podcast. Uh, what is your what is your preferred? Like, do you go uh, was it Alpha Brain or do you go uh, like Procera or or others? So I need to do more research um, into the individual ones, but I really like Lion's Mane right now. Lion's Mane, the and the mushroom, right? I mean, obviously my preferred one is caffeine. Yeah, um, I love caffeine, but um, I've been utilizing like nootropic cocktails um and i've been using some from um what is his okay well genius supplements hmm. has a ton of products and i like looked at my amazon bill and it was like oh gosh like this is bad but i bought a lot of supplements from genius to try hmm. out their different um their different supplements but i honestly want to do a podcast specifically on nootropics okay. where we have a nootropic expert on and I will do a lot more research to have some, um, you know, actually, you know, really in-depth, like good questions for him. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'll, so I'll, I'll be looking for a nootropics you, expert. Yeah. Do you know, well, if, if you're listening right now and you know of a nootropics expert, uh, please reach out to us. We'd, we'd definitely be interested in, uh, in having a conversation with them. Absolutely, and I do have a uh, a guy I'm I have in mind. I think I can get on the podcast. If you guys have anyone else, we'd love to have him on. But I'll be um, doing some research. Or her. Or her. <laughs> we actually do. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks, we'll thanks be, anybody. I believe we'll be having a IFBB Pro Bikini Bodybuilder on the show next month. So um, stay tuned. Be stay tuned for that. And we also be having a PhD in sports. Uh, psychology on the podcast before the year is over i'm gonna try and get one of my clients um, i love talking to that guy he's one of the, one of the smartest yeah. dudes that i know um but uh yeah eric dude thanks for coming on the podcast man yeah of course thank you guys for having me i love hearing the setup i love listening to the show each week so keep keep doing you guys you know i think you guys are on to something really awesome here i'm really really proud if uh what's next you, for eric? you hadn't moved to boston you know we I probably still would have. We probably had to bring Dave on because I'm not smart enough to do this all by myself. <laughs> but uh, we would have had a five man show. <laughs> Eric, why don't you, why don't you tell, the, tell the audience um, and, and the listeners uh, what's next for you in your your sales journey, fitness? Like, what's on the um, the horizon? Yeah. So I spoke a little bit about it earlier um, in terms of not getting complacent uh, with the regimen that you're doing, but as of late, I've been spending more time not necessarily worrying about am I doing this am I getting this done am I am I really like season every single moment because I found that over the years of you know college and high school of just burning the candle down at both ends while yes there's a lot of value to that and a lot of value to keeping at it uh, mentally if you're always in this super like stressful state it can't always be the healthiest so my next move now is finding a really great balance in my lifestyle, whether it be, you know, when I'm at work, I'm at work. After work, the computer goes off, phone turns off, uh, my mind is no longer there, and I just want to kind of focus on whatever I'm doing with my friends. So that's a really big part there. Uh, in terms of relationship health, 
uh, understanding. Uh, I've, kind of, I've come to understand that every relationship, it's it's not it's not so much of a it works, it doesn't work. Of course, right off the bat, you're going to have a first impression, but it's something you have to work on and something you have to maybe, whether it be with your partner or, or one of your best friends, uh, you got to understand that there's always going to be some issues down the road and learning how to kind of talk those things out. Uh, as far as my next adventure with, with work, I'd like to take on more opportunities just with you know bigger accounts and uh, we were, we're seeing more and more doors open like that. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to stay humble and I've always had this idea that uh, you know the door the door will open when I'm ready and the opportunity will present itself. you know you make yourself known. While some people would argue that if you just keep your head down and you, you, you take shit, I know last guy la, the last guy you had on from Nike. Uh, what was his name? you guys had him on? Rob Bazada. Rob Bazada, that's right. So he talked a little about kind of the system and, and succumbing to the system. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's very important uh, to walk your own road and, and, and grind it out. Sometimes I've learned it, it is important to just stick with what you know best, grind really hard, and uh, if, 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 if taking shit is what you have to do, only take shit until you compromise your morals. I guess to give you an example, if you're in a position of sales and someone keeps telling you, you know, you got to push, you got to push, 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 you know, bring, bring the price higher, bring the price higher, but you know that that customer has been overcharged multiple times in the past, that can be an opportunity for you to maybe uh, stand up. But uh, if you're keeping on your grind and you have like an objective at the end of each day, you should make sure you get that done and say where you're going to get that done. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up was maybe... In terms of relationships, you can't you can't take every relationship as something that's you know you can't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Every single person you meet, even if it's you know the guy on the side of the road that you didn't really think much, you can always get some from them. And if you can't get some from them, they can show you what maybe not to do. I like to look at all the people I've, I've, I've crossed paths with in college. A lot of people are like, Eric, you get along with everybody, you get along with everybody. Well, I, I think I try and always give everyone a chance. I may not get along with someone right away, but um, learning what you can extract from every single person is a really, really good takeaway. No matter what field of work you're in, no matter where you are in life, every single person you meet, you should really learn. Like, this person has seen a million other things. They are Eric, experiences. Sorry to cut up. No, Eric you. knows everybody's name and remembers everybody's name. That is a skill I wish I had developed. That is why he has so many friends and has such a great network. Meets mm-hmm. a guy, man, like a still trap. He'll, he'll be like, oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, you're walking around campus and you'll see that one guy you had in that class that one time. You're like, oh, yeah, buddy. Good yeah, to see Weiss you, is that guy. <laughs> Weiss will remember the kid's name and that makes that person feel connection with him. And then, mm-hmm. at least, you know, that, that's, that's an amazing network skill and not only networking, but sales. Yeah. A key skill to have. I mean, you haven't. You say you're not so good at active listening. Come on, yeah, come on, I, come on, I, man. I can't but, say I'm the best at remembering names, but I, what I have been learning, mm-hmm. I learned this from my father actually. As soon as he meets someone, he says, "You know, nice to meet you. I'm David. And what was your name?" And then they say, "Hey, my name is Andrew. Andrew, nice to meet you." Like they, you repeat the name back to them. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then he always does this thing when they. <laughs> When they ask, hey, David, you got kids? And then he'll go, ah, and then he'll, like, snap his fingers like he's trying to remember his kid's name. And, like, that's, like, just a great icebreaker, I think. It's just so funny. Um, Neurolinguistic programming. Mm. Yeah, he'll, like, he does the snaps. Speaking of your parents, um, parents are awesome, by the way. But, uh, folks, we need to have your mom on. 
the show. Yeah, that, that, that's that a would good be idea. a lot of fun. Yeah. So for those who don't know, my mom's a physical therapist. Uh, and actually, you know, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more of her opinion of how it's been with uh, Corona. Uh, I'll give you a little, little backstory. Mom went to, you know, school in Texas for a little bit and then went to grad school at BU. Uh, she got her doctorate when back then you didn't have to get your doctorate before you became a, uh, a PT. So now she runs her own private practice and she's developed a really great book of clients, clients that keep coming back. She's taken insurance. She's gone private. She found that a mix of both really works the best. But now, you know, with Corona and everything, there are still people that are willing to, to meet with her. They meet outside. She wears a mask and gloves and the whole shebang. And uh, really seeing how she's coped with everything going on, because I got to say that, you know, the fitness and, you know, you know, whether it be you're a personal trainer, you're a PT or I mean, even if you're working in the hospital, uh, every single every single career has been influenced by Corona. So it would be curious to to kind of hear what she has to say about that. I was really impressed with your mom's intelligence when we took the uh, the CPPS cert, That's and I was she, so yeah, she took that with yeah, yeah. dude. They they mentioned he mentioned it on two podcasts after. He's like, guys, I was so impressed. This kid shows up with his mom to take the cert. Yeah. Turns out she's the smartest, I saw that. the smartest one in the room. What's your lead? I, th- I think it was actually really interesting to see that because most of the people in that certification are like your typical macho gym bro uh, working at a gym personal trainer and then you have mm-hmm. a physical therapist. Right, been, they're like half yeah. college strength conditioning coaches in there. Mm-hmm. And then your mom's a legitimate uh, – I, I would say she's an academic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean she always is taking new search. She reads a ton of books. That's something I wish I had uh, taken from my mom and – I guess Connor, you asked what's what's next. I think I'd like to start reading a little bit more. Uh, that's no way to set a goal. I think I'd like to, Mike. No, uh, I I should pick up a book. Does anyone have any like recommendations? Like the next book you should read? Anything that's like sparked your interest recently? Uh, there's a lot of books. There's, yeah, that's that's, 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 a, that's a tall. That's a great question. That's a tall order. Um, <laughs> I mean, for, you've read David Goggins. Me, Yes, yeah. David Goggins. Um, read David Goggins is a good book. That's, That's pretty inspiring, good especially if you like uh, endurance running. Uh, was it Extreme Ownership? Have you read that one? Not yet. That'd That's a good one. That's a very good book. Who's, who's it by? Um, that is Jocko Willinks. Jocko Willinks, Extreme yeah. Ownership. That's a really good re- taking responsibility based on the name. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good one. And then um, his his second book goes into business. That'd be applicable for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that one? The the higher. What is what is that one called? That up. one's a very good book as well. Um, I think you should read. Um, have you read the Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson? Not yet. We can write that one down. Do you, you guys have a book, li- book list on the uh, website? Um, we, we're gonna we put it on the show notes oh, on. We can put that on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I, I just created the recommendations page, but it's blank right now. Yeah, I hate to steal a page out of the Mind Pump book, but you can do Josh a has newsletter a every month, kind of like what we're reading, what we're talking about, what we're working out with. Yeah, that, that's great. Except I'd have to do it. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Too much workload. Actually, I feel like uh, Connor would would write a wonderful newsletter, especially talking about books. If Dude, that's I love that. reviewing books. It, it, it's it's it my would, thing. It would be Arnold themed. <laughs> I've read basically this every single Arnold, Arnold book. book that's out there. The Monthly Conquer. So, so Jocko Conan. has several books. Um, Extreme Ownership is his. Um, oh, he's a Navy, Navy SEAL guy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. his uh, his first and well, at least his most popular. Um, he came out with the dichotomy of leadership, dichotomy. but he yeah. just came up with um, leadership strategies and tactics. I haven't read that book. I didn't even know we had it out, but it looks like it just just dropped. 
just dropped. So I know what I'm going to do this weekend. <laughs> right. Get that book. Oh, yeah, in grad school. Like, you're going to read a book. You're right. <laughs> Textbooks. Yeah, when does that start, Josh? When are you going to school? Monday. Yeah, wow, Monday. so you're all online now. I get to go home tonight and do three hours of homework after this. So, yeah. <laughs> There's a good book out called uh, The Book of Joy. And it's uh, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. It's written mm-hmm. by the uh, Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Really mm-hmm. good book right now. Interesting. Yeah, the idea of happiness is like, <laughs> when, I, when I think back to college, I think I stress myself out about, am I going to do this right? Am I going to do that right? Am I going to have this? I want that. And now I, I realize that if you are very content with what you're doing without being complacent, you're doing the right thing. Just keep pushing forward in the right direction. I hate to keep using the word complacency, but that's that's something that I've tried to steer away from. I guess if I've learned anything in the gym is, uh, you know, you can't get complacent. There's always more to work on. Even if you're the guy crushing weights six times a week, you've got it all figured out in the supplements. You can always work on your flexibility. You can work on your mobility. You yeah, there's, work on there's always, something. always something. Always mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Work on breathing. That's a huge one, too. You know, take five minutes at the end of the day to breathe. Sometimes I have to remind myself just to relax. Again, because I talk too much. I'm just going to. You can, uh, you can think you have it all down and you break your ankle or mm-hmm. destroy your hip. So Coming back to what you said here. Like, way to get relatable. Not bringing work home and being, being able to just like relax. and mm-hmm. Dude, that, that was some good advice, man. Yeah, I, I think balance. that most of college was spent beating myself up because oh, I didn't work out today. Oh, I didn't get up early. Or, oh, I'm like not eating well. Mm-hmm. And I really believe I've like tried to pull a full 180 not quite but seem like you're changing your mindset yeah enjoy just you know enjoy the good and the bad appreciate every moment and uh i think beating yourself up over a bad decision could do more damage than the bad decision did in the first place i remember i was struggling with skin for a while i had a Mm. lot of skin issues it's not perfect yet but i honestly believe of a million things that i tried God bless Amy for putting up with me. Oh, I'm going to do keto this week. You do, do no meat next week. And uh, <laughs> another but cucumber juice this week, babe. Trust me. <laughs> I swear. I swear. The, the, what I, uh, me worrying about what I was eating was more detrimental to me being stressed than what I was mm. eating in the first place. So I think just taking a couple moments. And while, while I hate to say it because it's a very unfortunate circumstance we're all in, but I think coronavirus has been beneficial to me because if you can't go anywhere you kind of have to take a moment to yourself and um, maybe just taking my foot off the gas not completely but just a little bit to uh, to smell the roses has been really valuable for me so well now we get back to the real question Mm -hmm. the elephant in the room the one we've all been waiting for how far are you taking the jufro how far am i taking the jufro well (laughs) Luckily, I discovered hats recently, so that's given me quite a quite a barrier to work with. Hat tear. Uh, if I took it off here, I don't know if the mic could take it, but I. Uh, Basically, the it's roof not would, too big. It, it's, the roof would bounce off. You know, it's a Jewish fro. I've seen a lot of movies, so you get you know you're up and over. Mine Are we going is Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon no, it's, 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 I feel people, like that's that's kind of close to like uh, people listening. I'm looking at Kramer. Eric, Eric right now. A little yeah. bit of a puff happening. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. At Eric, and he has, he has a very glorious uh, blonde fro that's about two feet in the air. Two feet in the air. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you toned it down. Did you did you uh, did you cut? You picked it out last week, or did you cut it since then? No, no. So the last time I was here, it had been a long time because haircut places were closed. And uh, I wasn't ready to cut it myself again. I'm still scarred for the, from the last time I tried to do that. But overall, I've, I've kind of let it grow out. And uh, if I wear the hat, I can get, like, the little poof coming out the top, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a style. I don't care too much about how I look, but I care enough to try, even though a lot of people disagree because I wear the same clothes all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, but to answer, hey, it's to simple, answer your man. question, I'll, I'll I'll let it grow till uh, till it's time. I don't like to have to wash a lot of hair. God bless, you know. I couldn't imagine having hair down to my butt. God bless girls who do it. Well, statistically, I believe over seventy percent of us will be bald or mostly bald by the time we're fifty. So enjoy it. You think so? You think enjoy it while you have it. I got male androgenic hair. alopecia. I don't think I'm Male androgenic alopecia. What are you saying? It's a bad thing. It, it gets all of us. Well, most of us. About 70% of us. I'd be looking at my head about 30. Didn't we, get, didn't didn't we get a group text the other day from Josh saying, hey, oh, yeah. I just bought this. You guys need to do he, it too. He bought everything in this video that he saw. Your, your, your image I'm, is, I mean, uh, I'm probably going to do it because <laughs> your, your image my is hair is not great. It could sales. be better. And you know, you know that as well as all of us are. Like, your image is important. So, yeah, yeah man. Grow the hair out. Use that. and but don't let your ego get the best of you. Uh, great line by Joe DeFranco. The biggest dude in the room is not the dude making all the noise. It's the guy in the corner, hoodie up, just crushing 120s on bench press. So that, mm. that that's a really good lesson to take away, too. If you if you can check Humble. your ego at the door and uh, say, I'm here for me. I'm going to work on my own. I'm going to work on my own, my own goals. Then you're not going to get uh, lost in the storm trying to impress anybody else. I think we could have Quote probably like – a four-hour, five-hour podcast with you, but I think mm-hmm. I think you're I think it's just going to be a regular occurrence for you to be on this podcast. You are the Joey Diaz to Joe Rogan of this podcast. The best guest. Wow, well, I appreciate that, guys. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if anyone listens to it. I know I'm going to force my family <laughs> to listen to it, and uh, if I force everyone else, we might get half. Just so, put a little hint in their ears. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anybody, but I've always wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. We can't do it in here. Different place. We could hotbox a room for an entire podcast. It's legal, okay? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean hotbox? With what? Some of us will need a... What does that mean? What is that? What is, what is hotbox? What I'm talking about is we make a fire in the corner and we oh, all wear like towels. Sweat, like a sweat lodge. Yeah. Yeah. That would have to be in our own ayahuasca studio. With ayahuasca. That would have to be in our own studio further down the road. I'm gonna pass but on yes, that. I, I that. fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> Whenever that happens, that'll be our that, celebration. That'll be a fun episode Anywho, for the, the listeners to have a, have a good time. Hey, uh, where can people follow you? Where can people find you? Yeah, well, I don't really post much on Instagram, but you're welcome to follow me, I guess. It's, uh, what, is, what is my Instagram handle? Well, you're, you're open for online training still, correct? That's correct, yeah. yeah shoot, people, shoot me an email want training want. advice. Give me a call. Uh, I don't really have uh, much to give you. Good email? Uh, I'm not gonna give them that one. They don't. They, they don't want that one. It, How about just reach out to Josh if you want to get a hold of Eric? It's W E I S S F I T. So Weiss Fit. Oh yeah. That's on Instagram. Weiss. <laughs> I thought it was Weiss Life. Hey bro, you're fit. Oh, Nonetheless, your uh, oh, no, DMs about to fill up. See, look, I'm out of the loop. Oh, he just gave out a Snapchat. Reach out. Oh boy. Reach hey, out to. Reach out to Josh. You come to pick. Always down to talk on the phone. And if you're, if you're ever looking for a program or a couple tips, I uh, always always give a little bit of time. What, you like my uh, Instagram? I like there? this handle here, man. <laughs> did you What, did you have your girlfriend write this? Oh, please. <laughs> of course I did. Eric, no, no, I, I have loved every single, every single one of your quotes today. No, one by no tattoos, afraid of needles, no shirtless pics, no need to remind them, no jewelry, heart of gold, Eric Weiss. Oh my God! The, Instagram just a page douche glory. apocalypse. Hey, yeah. I love it. When I, I, uh, I guess if you want to follow me, I don't really post all that often. I used to like doing the memes. I think it was a good poke at the people who um, post a lot of pictures, just oh, look at me, look at me, look at me, and then uh, kind of reverting it back to you. If memes. I want to post something, I want to 
give some back, make you think about some. So uh, that's my philosophy. But you should keep listening to the podcast. These guys have got a lot going on. Uh, I know I'll be listening every week. Uh, if I could give any advice, um, what advice would I give? <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, don't try to eat the uh, Beaver Buster Challenge after a oh, night of. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could tell that story really that... quick. So if you if you're in Corvallis, there's a bar called uh, what's it called Tommy's. Tommy's on Fourth. Tommy's at Fourth. Yep. Yeah, they got a breakfast meal. I think uh, wraps up to two massive omelets, just smothered in gravy. It's like four biscuits, good pound and a half of bacon and ham, and then like six pancakes. I've tried it twice. The first time uh, with my with my ex, it was our first date, hence why she's my ex. But I ended up. <laughs> I didn't know. This is a good story to tell. I didn't know. I, I, did, I didn't know uh, they make you sit alone, so I take her out for this lovely breakfast, and I decide oh, I'm gonna impress her. Yeah, I decided I'm gonna impress her, and now I'm sitting at another table, and then she's just like cringing. Yeah, uh, that one. Uh, that one didn't last very long. Well, I'm anyway. assuming you wouldn't be alone after that. Oh uh, yes, I. Uh, she, uh, I hate the, <laughs> she left with another guy. Did you win? I did not win. I have failed twice, and it is on my bucket list of things. To Hence, do. why you're trying to eat a little less now. Yeah, I think the second time I was with a group of people, I made a critical error there late in the uh, sixth inning, if you will, halfway through the second omelet, where I was eating, wa- drinking water as I ate the food, and what happens is you just fill up on space. You just fill your space out, and I was just. Uh, Basically, the rule is that if you if you toss your cookies during the meal, you have to clean it up. And uh, I kind of felt it coming, so I put my hand over my face, and it like spewed out like a rainbow, almost like a, <laughs> a, a peacock throw up kind of situation in the restaurant. It was on other customers. It was quite a scenario. In any case, I failed miserably. Oh um, no, Josh! But hold on, I was going to give them my advice, and now I'm talking about. My, my, my peacock. Well, that's kind comment. of in the story, bro. No, I, I, challenge. I, I don't have much other advice, but uh, for anyone coming up in the world, uh, there's a close that you use in an interview. If you're looking for a job, it might, you know, it might sound cheesy, you know, you, you know, you take, take it if you want it. But when I leave an interview, uh, you know, you thank them, you say, thank you so much. Uh, you say, if you hire me, I'm going to show up every day with a positive attitude. I'll be a great team player and I'll work harder than anybody else. You know, you put it out there. I, I, I have yet to not get a job that I said that. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but if you show up with a positive attitude every day and you 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 assert yourself as a great team player, uh, you can really make something happen in the world. So that would be that would be my advice to you. Also, you know, I think a lot of people see failure as the opposite of success. I'm sure they've spoken about it on the podcast multiple times, but failure is just a stepping stone to success. So every time you fail. You know, you, you can beat yourself up, you can reflect on it, but understand how much you took away from that opportunity. What is the Thomas Edison, you know, when he, when, when he discovered the light yeah, bulb, yeah. it's, uh, you know, you failed 2,000 times before you made it. It's like, no, I just discovered 2,000 ways not to make it. So you, you can apply that anywhere you go. And uh, anytime you're walking away from the gym, say, man, I could have closed that sale or, you know, I could have had that customer coming back. Just realize, you know, hey, what did I do here? What could, what could I do better? Um, because on a personal note, I'm always trying to reflect on stuff like that. You know, I get on the phone all day and close, going back and forth on emails. And I like to look, kind of look back over uh, different deals and say, how could I have negotiated, negotiated that a little better? Look at every, every opportunity, like every uh, failure has a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Wise words from Weiss. 
Yeah, that's that's about it. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, and if I had to recommend a beer, uh, I would go for I like uh, like a. That's funny. Boston Lager. Dad said. Dad says it's time for the podcast to be over. It's over. That's the time. But if I'm going to say this, I used to drink dark beer because Dad got me all riled up on that. You go to college, you drink piss water for like four years. All of a sudden, the idea of like a really really sour IPA just. It just does yeah, me dirty. All right. So I gotta I recommend Lagunitas Super Cluster. If you like a hoppy brew, go Ooh. for that. Um, that spicy. And uh, yeah, enjoy the beach. Wear a mask. Don't touch anybody. You don't know. No coronas. No coronas. Hey, we love you guys. You can follow us at Blue Collar Fitness Podcast on Instagram. You can follow Dave at uh, Dave Shep, and then my website is Dave Shep Consulting. Oh. Trevor. And you can follow me, Trevor, at T Chase Powers on Instagram. And I, I got rid of my website, so it's just don't disregard that. Connor, the most, the most handsome guy on the podcast. Okay, so you can reach me uh, through email at Connor at ConnorBurtonTraining.com. That's Connor with two N's and an O R. The right way to spell it. And Instagram handle is Mr. Connor Burton. Boom. And uh, you can follow Mr. Weiss at uh, W-E-I-S-S Fit on Instagram. You can follow me at Sarge Josh on Instagram. You can find me at JoshSargentTraining.com. Wait, JoshSargent.com. Sorry, no training. So uh, anything to add? And we're out. We love you guys.